Hello, and welcome back to That Fucking Podcast with your host, That Fucking Guy. That's me, LJ Sullivan. How's it going, everybody? Uh, man, it's been a minute. It has been a minute. Uh, so, let's see, what is the date? What is the date today? It is April 6th, 2021, and... Guess who got vaccinated today, baby? Yeah, that's right. It's your boy, 100% vaccinated. Got that old J&J in my blood. One and done, baby. Um, But there was this whole thing that happened like all of last month that that I wanted to go through with you guys. in my notes, it's listed as the COVID scare of 2021. Uh, see, I got, um, I wanted to go to this friend's birthday party. This friend is being very, very COVID safe. And so they were, their requirements were, uh, you got to get uh, a COVID test in order to come to this party. Which, like, you know what? More people should probably do. But anyway, uh, I go, I get the, no symptoms, nothing. I'm doing this for a, for a social gathering. Uh, but so I, I go and I get the test and the shit came back positive, dog. I was in disbelief. I was like, hell nah. And I had like, I had my, I had a couple friends and, uh, and a family member who were like, you know what? Get another test. Might be a false positive. And I was like, hmm. So I went, got another test. Came back negative. Bum, bum, bum. The plot thickens. All right. So not sure if y'all knew this, but if you test positive for COVID-19, you get a call from Central District Health. And they have a lot to talk to you about quarantining and shit but then i told this lady that i got a negative also and she was like well that's not supposed to happen well no here's the thing the first time when i told her like i don't have any symptoms like is it possible that it could be a false positive like i'm going to get another test and she was like oh well the test isn't going going to find anything that isn't there Like, oh, okay, but it can't misread some shit that is there. Like, they really don't want you believing that the tests can be faulty. Especially the one, not the fast-acting ones, the, the other ones, the slower ones that take like a day or two or four to get back to you. They want you to think that's fucking ironclad, show open and shut case. Nah, man, so... I went back, I got two tests, because one negative test against one positive test doesn't mean anything. You're basically you're basically back to square one, where it's like, ah, we don't know what the fuck is going on with you. Uh, and so then I go back and I get another one, third one came back negative. It was a fucking false positive, man. It was a goddamn false positive. I don't know, it's just... I feel like 
they they just really don't want people to be aware of subtleties in this whole situation because a lot of people are stupid and can't grasp subtleties and so then when you start making those a part of the equation people fuck up people make missteps they are not able to have finesse and work within subtleties but I am uh, I am a fan of gray area uh, and skepticism. Uh, so anyway, uh, it's just you know if everybody if every idiot was super skeptical, well, you're seeing what happens. That's where we're at. That's what we're living in. <laughs> That's where like QAnon comes from. Just skeptical goddamn idiots. Skeptical yet gullible I- idiots uh is like what 2021 with all of like the the uh oh what is it? The conspiracy theories and shit. Like that skepticism mixed with uh, a healthy dose of stupidity uh and gullibility. Um Oh, so last episode, I believe that I promised this episode we would uh, discuss uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and the Snyder Cut, which we are, we're definitely going to do that, but um, here's the deal, man. Uh, We are 100% doing Snyder Cut next episode, because there's no fucking way... It's too much. It's too much. It's. I just have way too many notes. My notes are in my phone. I was like, oh, I do this in a notebook. It's gonna fill the whole notebook. Like I gotta do the notes in my phone. It, it's a four-hour fucking movie. So we're gonna have a lot to talk about with Snyder Cut. Um, also, because I was, you know, distracted by a, a COVID scare and just life and oh shit, this is a. Uh, April the 6th, hey, the 9th and the 10th, I'll be doing shows at the lounge at the end of the universe, come out, see you boy, anyway, that was a quick plug, uh, so, <clears throat> what we're gonna do for this episode, uh, since I fell behind, is we're gonna do Falcon Winter Soldier episodes 2 and 3, we're gonna talk about both of those, and then, uh, there's a couple other bits and bobs that I'm gonna get to here in a second, but, we're going to focus in on those two things for this episode. And then the next episode, we are going to uh, we're gonna do Snyder Cut. And I want to watch fucking Godzilla vs. Kong, man. That's what I really want to watch, dude. Is fucking Godzilla v. Kong, man. So, anyway... Uh, yeah, so that's going to be the next episode. We're going to do Snyder Cut and uh, Kong v. Godzilla, episode 18. For episode 17, we got a few, uh, before we get into the meat and potatoes, before we get into Falcon and the Winter Soldier, there were a few notable trailers that dropped that we got to talk about. Uh, number one, the Suicide Squad trailer. Looks fucking great, man. I am in love with all this character chemistry, bro. Like, it just looks really fucking good, man. 
the Harley rescue bit at the beginning where they're like organized, like it feels like heat, like they're in a van and they're like, we gotta get there. And they're like fucking arguing about if Harley's worth saving or not. And then they get there and a Harley already saved herself. That was pretty fun. That was a good one. Um, oh, King Shark said num num uh, after he straight up ate a dude. Straight up ate a motherfucker. Like, in half. Like, just biting motherfuckers. And they show you the blood and the gore. And and then I think in the second trailer that dropped, because as in my notes too, they dropped a second trailer. I'm pretty sure there's a quick flash scene of him straight up ripping someone in half. Like, just ripping motherfuckers in half, which is wild. And then there was... Uh, in the first trailer, they did that bit where it's like, uh, if you cough with your mouth open, we'll kill you. And then he's like, no, but like that's not an invitation for you to cough with your mouth <laughs> like uncovered. Which is like just a very timely bit. I wonder if they put that in in like reshoots during the pandemic, or if that was already in the movie and it's just landing perfectly now. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Um, oh. Uh, the dude in the chair at the end, he's like, <laughs> he's, we got a fucking kaiju up in this shit. <laughs> like, it was the best, man. He called Starro, uh, cause that's that giant starfish thing. Uh, Starro confirmed, uh, a kaiju. That was fucking perfect. Also, perfectly timed bit, uh, within the zeitgeist, you know, cause fucking King Kong and Godzilla perfect to throw in a kaiju line right there you know it's just it's of the moment uh and uh also thinker confirmed for the suicide squad that's pretty cool it's cool to see uh dudes like king shark and the thinker getting uh big screen time i was a big fan of the flash tv show there for a minute and the arrowverse i fell off i would like to um i would like to get back into it uh but i just you know time man who has the fucking time anymore um so i don't know arrow kind of Arrow was the flagship of that whole thing for me, and so then I guess when Arrow kind of lost me, the other ones kind of, I lost interest in those as well, because uh, Arrow hit a precipitous drop-off after, I think, the fifth or sixth season. I'm pretty sure they did, like, eight seasons, which means they, it's a fucking successful show, man. Um they, like, spawn their whole own little corner of DC continuity. So, like, it's it's successful as shit. Honestly, Arrowverse is one of the things that inspired me to start my own graphic novel situation. The one that I talk about occasionally on here. Um, just because at, at the time, like... When that first started coming out, Marvel was transitioning from second phase to third phase, I believe, and, like, the superhero stuff was just at, like, sort of, a, not an all-time high, but at the time, it seemed like an all-time, you know? 
Like, it seemed like, oh, shit, this has never happened before. This is never going to happen again. But then it kind of kept getting better all the way up to end game and stuff, Netflix series and whatnot. But this is neither here nor there. My point is, <laughs> my point is that uh, there were villains on those shows um, like uh, The Thinker and King Shark. Um, and I'm pretty sure they did a uh, dead shot on there too. Um, but, uh, yeah, guys like that on, on the, on the shows were great. And so getting to see them up on the big screen is really cool too. Uh, Ooh, the spiral trailer, uh, Chris rock has an idea for the saw universe. All right, nigga, let's see it. <laughs> I am excited about this. Um, <laughs> it's got Samuel L. Jackson in it. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, it looks a little bit like exploitation-y, which is pretty cool. It's got uh, sepia tone vibes. <laughs> um, like filters on it, kind of like it's got, it's got like sort of a... Like, if I remit, there was one shot in the trailer that kind of almost reminded me of, like, that, like, the orange desert shot or whatever in, uh, in Blade Runner 20 fucking whatever, whatever that came out. And then the orange skies that happened in reality last year. Remember when that happened? When the skies were orange for a little while? And everybody was like, this is normal. Everything's fine. Um, anyway... <clears throat> uh, I hate it when I choke on my own saliva, man. It just makes me feel like, nigga, you've been on the planet for 25 years. Figure it out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, luckily, when we started this podcast, I already had a Powerade by my side, so I don't have to pause to get up and shit. But you will probably hear me drinking my drink occasionally hey look talking it wears it's there's it dries out your mouth anyway uh oh the space jam trailer um okay so i had sort of mixed feelings about it uh because i am a child of the 90s thus space jam is very near and dear to my heart uh it is very important to me and everything that I am. <laughs> I fucking love Space Jam growing up, man. That was my shit. My shiznet. Um, anyway, uh, so it had like some Ready Player One slash like Wreck-It Ralph vibes where they're like, let's get as many fucking notable IP CGI characters in here and just slam them all together and fucking just have a walkabout through all of the shit that we own essentially i don't know how i feel about that but i don't know it looked fun we'll see we'll see what happens there you know but uh then oh hold on getting an important phone call we'll pause this just un momento por favor all right, we're back. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Uh, yeah, quick, quick, uh, I had a phone call to take care of, and then had to hydrate, had to smoke. It was a whole thing. 
people people trying to get a hold of me everybody wants a piece of that fucking guy you know what i'm saying anyway uh we had uh the final quote-unquote final uh i don't know we'll see we shall see uh the final black widow trailer um which was pretty good and really sort of illuminated sort of more of what to expect from that movie. I mean, I'm already very excited for Black Widow. It's just sort of like a, like a, let's hurry up and get it done already. Like, not only the release date delays due to the pandemic, not only is that a thing, but like, her movie should have happened a long time ago. Like, so... Do I want to see it? Am I excited to see it? Yes, absolutely. But it also just feels like, ugh, let's just get get it done with, man. Come on, what's taking so long? Like, it's just weird that it's taking forever. Uh, and I don't know if a trailer helps with that. I just want it. <laughs> like, instead of releasing a trailer, they could have just released it on Disney+. Plus. Like... But then they don't make their money. <laughs> Bitches. <laughs> Game. Blouses. Sorry. <laughs> Chappelle show. I can't. <sighs> oh, God, it's a sickness. Uh, watch it. Way too much. Uh, it's Since The Office is off Netflix, that's my thing now. I feel like I said that in another episode before. Whatever, you get it. Loki trailer. Loki trailer was a thing. Uh, I'm super excited for the Loki show, which will be on Disney+. Plus. Um, I love the bit where he falls through like the trap door in the fucking the TVA into the dude's little like filing room and he's like please sign here to verify that this is everything you've ever said and it's like this stack of paper and Loki's just like this is absurd <laughs> and then <laughs> the old ass printer just and fucking it's a paper of this absurd, and he's like, sign this too. And it's just like, <laughs> oh god, you could. It seems like spend an eternity in that hell, where <laughs> uh, in that one specific corner of that trailer of that universe, like you could maybe get trapped there. <laughs> <laughs> how long would it take you to read everything that you've ever said and like as you're reading would you maybe occasionally just look up and be like being a goddamn idiot now you got more shit to read <laughs> it's just it, it was a fun bit i really liked it i really enjoyed it <laughs> And the show looks good. I'm excited for fucking uh, Owen Wilson, his character. I love the part where he's like, this guy's a fan of metaphors. I like it. <laughs> that wasn't a good Owen Wilson. I can't do Owen Wilson. But uh, he's like, this guy's a fan of metaphors. I like it. Uh, and <laughs> he's like, makes you sound smart. 
I am in Loki. I am smart. And he's like, I know. <laughs> he's like, okay then. Like that just weird back and forth. Like, makes you sound smart. I am smart. I know you are. Okay. Like, it's just fun. Like, it just seems, uh, it seems to have like action, mystery, comedy. Looks like it's firing on all cylinders, baby. Uh, so yeah, those were, uh, those were the trailers that we were going to talk about. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm getting correspondence again. Like I said, everybody wants a piece of that fucking guy. Um, hmm. All right. Word. So now we should, uh, get into the the meat and potatoes of the episode the meat and potatoes uh the the core part of this we're already uh we're 20 minutes in that was the intro quick quick updates and now we're gonna go we're gonna go into falcon and the winter soldier notes now my episode two notes two pages long my episode three notes is three pages long hmm i wonder does that say something about the pacing of the show overall what i didn't even take notes the first episode didn't know i was gonna need to but like the fact that my note like they're not running exponentially longer, but my notes are growing exponentially. They're packing more in there in each one. Anyway. <laughs> Any hoozle. Hold on. I'm going to do the thing where I put the mic down and continue to record. Uh, Got to get a mic, mic stand. Uh, working on it. Working on it. Not why I put the microphone down. Put the microphone down to do this. can't just let a bowl like sit around for too long if it's part way through yeah otherwise it'll get stale it's no good then how many smoking connoisseurs do we have listening to the podcast should we be talking more marijuana culture on the podcast you know send me your thoughts on any platform literally um you know, like, Idaho was doing some weird shit, trying to make it illegal to legalize marijuana, which is just such a fucking, it just reeks of, like, bureaucratic, legalese-ass bullshit, like, let's make it so the will of the people cannot be done, like... Let's put it in law that on this specific issue, the will of the people is wrong. Go fuck yourselves. Like, you can't do that. You can't just say on this one specific issue, public referendums are... You can't. Like, that's... That's an affront to democracy, you fucks. Anyway... Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode two. The opening scene, fuck John Walker. Um, They're, like, trying to endear you to this guy. He's all in the locker room 
reminiscing about his high school days, and he's fucking, I just want to be the best Captain America that I can be. I go fuck yourself, you piece of shit. I fucking hate you. Um, the intro music is meant to be uh, the marching band, but uh, I also felt like it felt like sort of 70s buddy-ish cop vibes to me, which is funny because that's like the show, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But also I found out later watching breakdowns and stuff, it's the star-spangled man from the first Avenger, like his theme song, but it's like sped up to modern sensibilities or whatever. But anyway, um, let's see here. Oh, yeah, I'm just totally not going to be endeared to this character at all, fucking John Walker. Like, it's annoying to me that they tried for even a second to make me like this guy. Like, I'm not going to like him. There's nothing about him that is likable. Because you you know that we're going to want to hate him, so you cast him super hateable so that we can hate him appropriately later. But you're also trying to get us to not hate him now. It's just that you can't. It it doesn't work. Uh, and uh, oh, that fucking piece of shit was said in the like interview in the Good Morning America thing. He calls Steve Rogers a brother. Like he's like he felt like a brother to me. You could just tell Bucky right then wanted to fucking murder his ass. Um, so, um, like, and here's the thing that I, so just so this is a point of debate in the nerd community. So I want to be real clear. This is in my notes. I took this note when I was watching the episode before I watched any breakdowns, before I heard anything, before I knew what the conversation was. I said in my notes, not even sure he is juiced yet. Looking frail in the locker room. And on field, looks like the suit is making him look more muscular. So, out the gate, I want everyone to know that my intuition is telling me this man doesn't have any goddamn super soldier serum in his blood. Alright? And then, in the interview, in the interview... He says he has no gadgets or strength. He's not Tony Stark or Dr. Banner. Alright. His resume suggests that he is just peak human ability. When they go into it and they're talking about all of his all of his accolades and shit. Like, so he he does not have the super soldier serum. And I keep hearing fan theories from certain outlets, certain networks. That they think that he's already has it. He doesn't fucking have it. They made it a point to tell us that he does not fucking have it. Now, could it be a swerve? Yeah, for sure. But if they were going to swerve that way, 
they would have fucking done did that already. They would have given us more clues as to the fact that he does actually have them instead of just one line stating outright that he doesn't. Okay? Like, they would have seeded some fucking clues. Like, this is skipping ahead to the next episode, but when he shoves that German dude into the wall, it looked like he fucking was struggling to shove, like, a 50-year-old man. Like, it... He does not have super strength. He's a little bitch, alright? Like, I'm sure he's, like, strong in human standards. He's, like, a, like a, not a super soldier, but a very highly ranked fucking special operator. Like, I'm sure he's strong as shit. But, like, if he was Captain America and he was real... He was losing his shit, and he shoved somebody. That person would probably, like, crack their spine on that stone fucking column. This is definitely skipping into the next episode. I don't care. It just serves to my point that he does not. I repeat, John Walker does not have any goddamn super soldier serum in his blood whatsoever. Okay? Don't fall for the hype, man. It's not It's not a thing, dude. It might be later. He might find the fucking Flag Smashers' stash that they're holding for ransom and fucking juice himself, but not yet. He doesn't have it yet. He's got that goddamn shield, though. Anyway, uh... Torres, uh, seems like a good guy, uh, so, yeah, I don't, (laughs) he's on my list now, cause he's, cause he said Walker seemed like a good guy, so, uh, yeah, I don't trust him now, um, (laughs) wanted to trust him, wanted to not believe some of the theories out there, but I'm, now he's sus, um, Bucky shows up to be like, uh, you shouldn't have given it up. Um, and, uh, I love that nothing crazy brings them to together. He just sees some shit on the TV and then shows up like, hey man, what the fuck, dog? (laughs) Like, there's no, it's nothing like earth shattering. Bucky just saw some piece of shit on the TV with his friend's shield. So he finds the last person he knows had it and he's like, Sam, what the shit, man? <laughs> Why? <laughs> um, Sam has a great point. Uh, he can't just call America. <laughs> like He can't just be like, hey, change my mind. Like That's not how it works. Which is a great point. Um, also, uh, Buck says, you had no right. And then I love that uh, Falcon's reaction is like, don't fucking tell me about my rights, they're mine, like, it, ooh, the subtext that, ooh, could, ooh, it's just like, and, and Bucky gets it, he's like, alright, I'll shut the fuck up on that one, but, um, they're, like, dealing with, like, this bigger threat, uh, the, the flag smashers, uh, the trailer scene, build up to the, uh, to the mission, uh, and so, like they're just the the whole scene where it's like a, a wizard, a sorcerer, a wizard without a hat. That whole thing happens. That was fun. Um, on the actual mission, 
there's this really fun moment, which next episode, it they didn't do this for no reason. Um, they they do a joke about well, so Falcon is like ah oh, you like so Bucky is stealthing, and so. As a joke, Sam is like, oh, you spend a little bit of time in Wakanda and you come out White Panther, like joking around, being a dick. And then Bucky is like, it's actually White Wolf. And you're like, oh, shit, he said it. They said it. They said it. They said it in a post credit scene, but they said it again. It's a real thing. It happened. There's something there is a hit there's like a lost episode like maybe like 30 minutes of an adventure that this man had in Wakanda uh, we might hear a little more about um cuz Wakanda it turns out is going to be a bigger part of this show um so anyway uh they they ruined that chase scene the scene with the truck, it's in the it's in the trailers, um, by having Walker's bitch ass show up. Um, I'm glad that the the flag smashers made him look like a bitch. I'm I am glad that that happened. I hate him so much. Not the actor, not the actor. No, 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 no. The character, John Walker, not uh. Who's the name of the actor again? Uh, he's like the son of another famous actor. Ah, it doesn't matter. Um, uh, the debrief in the truck was worse. Uh, they're, they're Walker just coming in, trying to quarterback the whole thing. And it's just... I'm so glad that Bucky told his ass what was what. Like, just because you have the shield doesn't make you cap. Like, he straight up said it. Like, thank God, Buck. Thank God that Bucky is here, man. You know, <laughs> you were you were off in the darkness there for a while, Buck, but I'm glad that you're back because these youngsters don't know shit about dick, dog. Anyway, so, then, um, then, uh, the ever jump on a gr- grenade... Yeah, uh, four times I have a reinforced helmet. It's like, dude, fuck you. Go fuck yourself. You knew you'd be fine then. That doesn't count. That's not the point of the goddamn story of the test of the thing. Like, it's has almost nothing to do with, like, the strength to jump on it. It's like... The sacrifice, you don't, you don't get it. You just don't get it. <sighs> anyway, <clears throat> uh, they tracked Red Wing, man. Government property bullshit. Uh, and so, is he gonna, is he gonna train a real ass Falcon? Please tell me he is going to train a real ass Falcon. And name it Red Wing. Or. Ooh. What if he gets like a. Like a nanobot. 
falcon. Like it, like it looks like a falcon, but it's a robot. Red Wing Mark Three. I. If they could do the effects, <laughs> if they can do it right, that would be cool. But I could see that looking corny as shit. Fuck, man. I want him to have the actual bird, dog. <laughs> I don't know why, but I want him to have the actual bird. Um, that one dude, that one <laughs> in my notes, it says, nigga said, Battlestar. <laughs> Lamar Hoskins, real name. <laughs> Not real name. Uh, his, like, superhero moniker, Battlestar. <laughs> Buck said, stop the car. Like, when he heard Battlestar, that's when Bucky was like, alright, I'm fucking done, son. Like, which is hilarious to me. I think that's the funniest thing he heard Battlestar, and he was like, get me the fuck out of here. I want no part of this. Oh, man. Uh... And uh, Walker wants to be the best cop he can be. Anyway, that's cute, but he is ass face ugly. Um, and no, you you don't get Cap's wingman. He like earned their trust and friendship and camaraderie, and like, and he just spits in the face of that by his very existence. I hate John Walker so much. Uh, there's a flag smasher scene. Uh, there's a, a, a text, um, where it's like, ah, you stole something from me, I'm gonna kill you, um, and I thought at the time that that might have been Zemo, not Zemo. We'll get to him, though. Can you believe we're still in episode two, dog? Like, aren't they really, they, they, they pack it in, man. They pack it the fuck in, dog. Um, so, uh, the Flag Smashers are planning something, uh, after tomorrow. There's no going back. So, the dramatic tension. Uh, Sam is right. Uh, they can't just, uh, take the shield back. And he, like, cites Civil War and all the fallout and stuff. Buck is introducing Sam to goddamn Isaiah Bradley. On the way, there's a fun little moment. Sam runs into a black kid, and the kid is like, Black Falcon! And he's like, nah, man, it's just Falcon. He's like, my dad said it's Black Falcon. And he's like, oh, so are you, like, are you black kid? And that was, like, such a small moment, but, like says so much more about like his place in the culture like and like the fact this man is an actual hero i love we're gonna talk about this when we talk about the snyder cut but i fucking love it in superhero movies where the superheroes actually do and say real hero shit like falcon having this moment with this black kid teaching him like invaluable like life lessons like places like he's clearly not getting it at home like so this lesson of like that might be like what i am but it does not define me i define me like 
And, yeah, yeah, like, it's, I mentioned the Snyder Cut, like, when we talk about that in the Snyder Cut, it'll be especially for Wonder Woman, because that shit made me cry, but here it was just, like, a fuck yeah moment, and it really showed, like, how Sam, like Steve, is a man of the people. Like, he's just walking around, and, like, he's just in a project random in America. He hasn't been there before. They're like, yo, Black Falcon. And he's like, hey, man, it's Falcon, you know? I don't call you Black Kid. Like, and it's just, like, a cool... And, like, the kid next to the kid is like, oh, man, you got him, son. And, like... They like they they uh they just like clowned on this kid a little bit and like kept it moving and it was just uh it was a really great moment. Um I really enjoyed it. But they, they, they get to Isaiah Bradley's house. Uh Buck is showing Sam the hidden legacy of the black Captain America. Uh and like it's not just about Steve, like it's about a step towards like healing for a whole nation. Uh, and it connects directly to the previous dialogue just before with the black kid, like, like the themes and the subtext of the scene with Isaiah and, and what Sam is being shown, not just who he is meeting, but what he is being shown. You understand what I'm saying? That all, loops in together in this perfect little it was just so great and i love love the fuck out of it especially after sam um blew up a bit about his rights to bucky earlier like buck seems to really understand the bigger picture here that it's not just about like steve wanted you to have the shield so you should have the shield it's about like America, at this point in time, needs you, Sam Wilson, black man, to be Captain America. Like, I think Bucky understands that, and is that's why he is trying to guide him in that direction. Like, I, I think that's part of it. I think that's part of it. Like... And we learn more of his internal motivations later as to why he wants Sam, like, why he wants Sam to pick up the mantle is different than him being able to see the important cultural context for him taking it. Like, his personal reasons for wanting that for him is different, but I think he understands intellectually because he's a fucking smart guy. He was around in the 1940s, and him and Steve seemed, like, pretty progressive for their time. So, <laughs> so like, he probably fucking gets it, you know? At least I like to believe that he does. Um, but anyway... Uh, Isaiah and Bucky uh, fought in North Korea against each other, which sounds great. I really want to see that. I really hope that one day, hopefully in this series, we get to see Isaiah Bradley v. Uh, the Winter Soldier back in Korea. That'd be pretty dope. Uh, then Isaiah went to jail for 30 fucking years, man. They put his ass in prison for 30 goddamn years. Ain't that about a bitch? 
it's just like it's just like yeah that's what the fuck would happen fuck the u.s government man like that's uh, obviously if there was a black superhero they would find a way to lock his ass up and not celebrate him in the way that they celebrate his white counterpart obviously that's what would happen um Buck seems to clearly respect him, though. They did fight, and Isaiah claims that he took Bucky's fucking arm off. His his metal arm, apparently, he took it the fuck off. So, you know. I don't know, man. I, I think, like, like, I think Bucky now, where he's at, respects him in a different way but i think bucky always respected him having fought like a warrior respects like he's one of the ones that got me man like not nobody could ever really get me but he fucking got me so like respect you know sam is pissed that uh no one mentioned him as he should be uh some shit ass cops show up as they should not but do um and steve didn't know about isaiah uh nobody did sam asks how and i want to know too i want to know how literally no one in the marvel cinematic universe knew of or spoke about isaiah bradley here's here's the million dollar question for you kids at home how the fuck did Nick Fury not say no shit about Isaiah Bradley? Huh? What the fuck is that about, Nick? Huh? What the fuck? Because he probably would have been director. Well, he wasn't director until probably early 2000s after the events of Captain Marvel. So, I mean, but why didn't he tell anybody else? Just wasn't relevant, just didn't come up. Didn't feel like telling Steve, hey, they replicated the serum in a man named Isaiah Bradley. He lives in Detroit. Like, I don't know, man. Anyway, uh, Isaiah mentioned uh, Buck's people, which means Hydra. Uh, in the moment, you're thinking maybe white people. No, 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 Baja. Hydra. Um, they weren't done with them. Uh, Hydra must have gotten scientists on the inside. They were really good at doing that. Remember Captain America, Winter Soldier, the second one? They had infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. from the beginning. Zola, you remember That's one criticism I heard about these shows that I obviously don't agree with. Uh, which is they do expect you to know everything from the previous movies and such. Which, like, yeah, it's the Marvel Cinematic you Yeah, <laughs> you should know all of the things previous. If you don't, guess what? You got homework to do. Oh, I'm so upset I have many hours of dope-ass entertainment ahead of me before I can enjoy more many hours of dope-ass entertainment ahead of me. Like, what, what, what the fuck? Just know the shit, man. Yes, 
This is the twenty seventh book in the series. Fucking catch up, buddy. Like it's selling like gangbusters. If you're hopping on now, you have homework to do. I'm sorry. Like that we don't do that for anything else. Like I don't know why that that criticism existed online. But anyway, um. Okay, so, yeah, they replicated the, oh, so, my, my theory was that they replicated the formula, um, by having hydroscientists on the inside where Isaiah was being held, which is, like, close to what actually happened, um, Buck missed therapy, so now he's under arrest from the shit-ass cops that showed up, basically, it's a PO violation, Walker gets Buck out, but only uh, to cowboy the whole operation yet again, which is fucking annoying. But before they can really leave, Buck and Sam have to have a therapy session, and I fucking love this shit out the gate. Um, they talk about the shield a little bit, and that so sort of exposes Bucky's pain and insecurity. Um but also Sam's rationale around Steve and the shield. Uh, so, let's see here. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, man, I wish I didn't make notes so small. Um, oh, uh, so, anyway, <laughs> it's funny. I, I was working to decode this small writing. It has more to do with the next thing than it does about the therapy session. Anyway, in the therapy session, um, well, first of all, it's funny because, like, they're, they're, they have to get in position to do it. And, like, they're, they, he's, he's like, oh, like, just the banter back and forth because he's like, oh, yeah, the soul staring exercise, you're going to love this. Yeah, I am going to love it. Yeah, let's do it. All right, come on, let's do this shit. And they get in and they're like, yeah, that's real close, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's real uncomfortable, huh? Yeah, it is. This is what you wanted, isn't it? This is what you wanted. Like, their whole vibe is just like, god damn it, guys. Um, but, so, <laughs> it. It, they pulled it off perfect. They pulled off that vibe perfectly in my mind. Um, but, so, uh, Bucky exposes, like, his true feelings where he's, like, he's saying, basically, Sam, Sam, Steve has to have been right about you and you taking up the shield. Otherwise... Like, Steve was right about everything. I always knew him to be right. It's, it's Buck's reality. He, he was always right. And so, if the one thing he was wrong about was you and that shield, what's to say he wasn't wrong about me and putting the Winter Soldier behind me? Like, it's all wrapped up together for him. Like... Like, Steve told Sam, be the next Captain America, and Steve told Buck, you don't have to be the Winter Soldier anymore. Like, so he's basically saying, like, if you don't uphold his word, then his word now suddenly becomes fallible. Like, 
he's no longer this pentagon of like righteous correctness and so like for buck it means so so much but he also understands that it means a lot for other people as well so they're at real interesting odds because sam's retort with his rationale is like i okay yeah but can you and steve understand that i who y'all have deemed worthy felt that it was best to not take it that was that's how i just that's how i like so he's like as the person deemed worthy it's sort of my call which is totally like it's it, that's his rationale like it makes perfect sense um so there's sort of you sort of get more as to why they're at odds underneath everything. Um, Walker's waiting outside, and he wants to team up. Fuck him. And I love how Bucky, like, sort of looks at him at one point when they, like, refuse to team up. And he's, like, looking a little bit stressed out. And Buck's just like, damn, things are serious for you, huh? Like, because he's freaking out, and, like, he's already got scruff and shit, and it's like, it seems like Walker's already unraveling a little bit, um, and then he unravels more in the next episode, and I love it, um, Sam's, uh, free agent flexibility excuse is really good, um, and so they're like, yeah, you're the government, you, there's a lot you can't do, we're just like super powered individuals doing private contracts so we can go places and do things you can't it makes sense for us to not work together actually and that like he can't say no to that but then he instead says stay the hell out of his way which is like he's just such a piece of shit um power broker uh who is he the flag smashers fear him um which they continue to tease out in the next episode. We don't know who the power broker is, but we know the power broker is important. Uh, then uh, Zemo has all the Hydra secrets. Uh, Isaiah and the Super Soldier Program is their only lead. Uh, Zemo knows all about that shit, I guess. Anyway, point is, they end the episode like, all right, we're going to fucking go talk to Zemo. Um which had me hype than a motherfucker dog. And actually, I'm still hyped than a motherfucker off Zemo. Um, so, yeah, man. That's pretty dope. Uh, the next episode uh, is titled uh, Power Broker. Which, to me, I don't feel like it should have been titled that. Because it... Um, feel like it set up some expectations that maybe weren't delivered on. Maybe... Maybe once we've seen the whole thing, it'll be more clear why that episode was called that. But anyway, I'm going um, to pause real quick. I finished my drink, so I got to get another drink. going to smoke more. going to get a snack. I'm feeling a little bit peckish. Um, and uh, we're going to be back to go over my thoughts and reactions and feelings to episode three of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. The episode isn't over yet, bitch. This one's definitely going to be longer than an hour. Strap in. Hey, what's up, everybody? We're back. 
it's it's Friday now. That pause to a long ass pause. Not for you, for me though. I yeah. So we were we were talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We were talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I remember that much. And uh, we were going to talk about episode eighteen. Here's the dealio, man. We got to get through these notes at a much faster pace because what I want to do, what the vision is, what hopefully happens is I get through these notes and then I watch the newest episode, the latest episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, give my sort of thoughts and reactions and opinions to that as well in this episode and the next episode will still be king kong godzilla uh snyder cut hopefully hopefully that's the way it all shakes out but uh yeah there's uh it's april 9th i got a show this evening at the lounge uh at the end of the universe so um yeah we're just hanging out and uh we're finishing this episode of the podcast i uh came in kind of hot i was going million miles a minute and we do have a lot to get through but i don't want to be screaming and yelling at you uh title of this episode i think we covered this towards the end of that last segment before the pause titled uh power broker interesting tease um the GRC opening, the, like, what is it, like, the Global Repatriation Council ad opening, that was fucking yuck, um, so, like, I guess I'm on the side of the Flag Smashers, kind of, um, because that shit's just disgusting, it, it was, it looked weird, it felt weird, um, like, they're taking, they're taking something that should be, like, good, like, everybody's back now and they're over complicating it by being like oh but we gotta figure out social security numbers and stuff like just yeah, just undo it just do the thing we could just do the thing but you want to overcomplicate it and make it bureaucratic just for the sake of doing so to make money really is what it is is like oh they're 50 percent of the population's back think of all the money we could make like that's i'm sure is probably a big part of this global repatriation council bullshit but whatever um uh oh fuck this poser ass walker cap is in my notes i don't remember what made me think that but what oh because he pops out right after the the ad um but also, I've been seeing some teasers for uh, the next episode, um, for episode four. Apparently, he does something off the wall, irredeemable, and I can't wait to see what it is, because I hate this motherfucker. <laughs> um, and uh, this little bitch, he said, do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? listen sir do you know who my dad is (laughs) he's gonna have your ass all right he's a lawyer (laughs) like it just it just reeked to this like petulant fucking child vibe that he has um and like he couldn't even effectively shove this dope ass german guy like he doesn't give a fuck about who he is and like he tries to shove him up in against the pillar and it looks like he has to put like his whole body weight into shoving this like elderly man and it's like oh dude you just look weak as fuck right now bro um 
And then uh, Walker wants to bet on uh, Bucky and Sam, and that seems to have been the implication. But bet just really means on, like, spy and steal leads, I think. But then, towards the end of the episode, this will help me get through the notes if I can think ahead. Towards the end of the episode, they're, like, touring the prison or whatever um, because we haven't gotten to where Zemo escapes. Spoiler, Zemo escapes. But So, like, it's not... And it's very early in the episode that Zemo escapes, and then it's not till that very end of the episode that Walker and uh, Hoskins seem to be remotely aware that this happened and on that trail. Like, they get so much done before Walker even is like, oh, Zemo's out of jail? Like, it's, uh, they're not doing a good job. Um, <laughs> uh, Walker is not doing a good job, even at doing a bad job, even at like, ah, oh, we're going to let the old caps sidekicks do all the work. And then we're just going to pick up after him. he's doing that poorly. He's cheating poorly. He's not even cheating good. Like <laughs> if you're going to cheat, cheat well, you know what I'm saying? Um, Bucky wants to see Zemo alone. Um, and he gives, like, some solid reasoning because Zemo hates the Avengers. So, like, Sam, you shouldn't be here for this. And then uh, Zemo and him talk, and it's actually, like, kind of pleasant. Um, which is sort of, like, the first... Your first sign that they're changing things up on the character, you know? Uh, but, so, they uh, they sort of talk pleasantly and then he like tests him with the winter soldier programming uh stuff but uh almost playfully and then they like compare their imprisonment perspectives zemo is actually apologized for using him like was like ah it sucks it means to an end man i'm sorry like <laughs> like i don't think he said i'm sorry he might have actually but like that's uh that was weird and then uh he perks up at the sound of new super soldiers because you know he doesn't he doesn't like that shit um and zemo deduces that they think hydra um are like responsible and they're desperate and that's why they're here and he quote knows where to begin um and so uh at first, you think this is going to be a Silence of the Lambs relationship. Like, he's going to be in this cell, and they're going to keep coming back and talking to him, and he's going to be, like, manipulating them from inside the cell. And that would have been dope. Not at all what happens. <laughs> um, and so, I don't even know if he asked Bucky to, like, break him out. It just kind of jumps straight to Bucky, like explaining how they broke him out um and i like how uh sam's uh objections uh aren't like they're not moral so much as they're logical like you can't trust this guy like even even if he has a code and like like things he will do and won't do He's still a fucking wild card, man. And you can't trust this piece of shit. Um, also, uh, non-linear storytelling. They do the thing where they, like, jump ahead um, of them, like, arguing. Uh, to them arguing. And then, like, Bucky and Zemo are, like, 
still talking. Like, they start jumping back and forth where it's like, Zima's talking about Machiavelli, but Bucky's to, to Bucky, and then forward in time, Bucky's talking to Sam, and then uh, it starts going into this non-linear thing of, like, the prison riot that Buck starts, um, seemingly on the fucking fly. Like, Bucky's just able to improv a situation where Zemo can get out, and I was like, oh, fuck, Zemo's probably already out as he's walking Sam through his hypothetical of, like, how they could get Zemo out, and Sam doesn't even put together that this casual hypothetical is a reality, and so then it was a really solid bit when Zemo enters the room. It was really funny. I enjoyed it. Um, and then, uh, there's, uh, Zemo comes in and he's like, if I may, and then they're both like, no, and he's like, apologies, and that was just fun, I just really enjoyed that little bit, um, and he, like, sort of just waits while they bicker at each other, which I thought was pretty fun, um, and then, so, like, there's a tentative alliance with Zemo, which is pretty cool, um, like, I like them having Zemo as their, like, money guy, as, like, the guy who has the secret jet, um, I think that's kind of fun, uh, but, like, uh, anyway, they, they, they get to, uh, his, like, secret, uh, his family's, like, secret, um, garage, I guess, yeah, it's a secret garage. They get to Zemo's family's secret garage, uh, where his mask is just, like, chilling in an old car, and it's like, are we gonna get some backstory on this mask? No. Alright. Um, he has experience hunting down the people who, like, are trying to recreate the serum, and he ended the program, and he's like, nah, I gotta finish the job. So, respect to Zemo for, like, at least being like, ah, I gotta follow through on this, um, <laughs> but his reasoning, uh, is any group like the Avengers is bad, and, uh, I don't think that is a given, um, good villain, uh, complex motivations, and, like, leaving the room, room to, to synthesize and disagree, um, sympathize, not synthesize but also synthesize like some of their ideas and your ideas coming together to synthesize um a sort of antithesis thesis hegelian dialectic boy did we jump straight into philosophy with no fucking warnings right there but anyway um <laughs> uh so uh it's he's just a good villain because you can see where he's coming from and you kind of get it but you're also like mm, i don't know if i agree um so they're climbing a ladder of low lives to figure out like where the serums at which means they gotta go to madripoor which they figure out like later in the discussion later um but something is happening uh before that oh they're walking up to the plane <laughs> they're walking up to the plane and sam is like you're rich and he's like bro i'm a fucking baron i owned a country before your friends fucked me over like i just like how this very serious character is folding into the comedy beats of the show um, and I feel like without discrediting his menace or threat level, like, I've been seeing some reactions where they're like, oh, why are they fucking up Zemo's character? But I think they're just adding to it. I don't think they're, 
I don't think they've done anything to ruin the quote-unquote work done on that character previously. Especially when you consider this man was ready to end it in Civil War. He was ready to kill himself. And then he spent, like, I think over five years <laughs> in prison. So, when he comes out, he's probably going to be a little bit different, right? He's going to have different motivations. He's going to have, like different things driving him you know he's not on revenge anymore because he feels like he kind of did that um so you know it it's definitely things have changed for him and i get that um so uh they're spawned there they do a thing where in the subtitles he's like pawning off his spoiled shit to them making zingers in german with the help which I think is to maybe foreshadow to us that he, Zemo in the comic books is, I think, either, like, related to Red Skull or the Zemo family, like, did some work for Hydra back in the day or some shit. So they have, like, bloodline purity shit racism going on. I think that's that's a thing in the comics, and I think them like tossing zingers around in german about uh give the american and the negro they don't say negro but the like race implication was he's like give them the spoiled shit like if any of the dates aren't aren't like accurate you know fucking give it off to them um and then also straight into the drama zemo found bucky's fucking book of like repentance or whatever um and immediately got what the fuck it was like damn zemo uh like he immediately knew what it was and he read the name of like nakashima or whatever like the old man so like he knows bucky has this connection to somebody with that name and like he probably probably wouldn't be hard for Zemo to find that old Asian man, um, and I, should we be worried about that? Maybe I don't know. Um, also, uh, it's it's the same book, Steve's book with all the references in that he wants to brush up on and be aware of pop culture stuff. That's the book that Bucky has that he's using to write all of his names. It's like. It's like Captain America gave his shield to Falcon, but Steve Rogers gave that book to James Buchanan Barnes. You get what I'm saying? Like, you get what I'm saying? That, like, there's there's the symbols and the superheroes and all that shit, but then there's, like, the humanity of the characters. So, like, I think in a weird way going forward... Bucky might be sort of the heart that Steve Rogers was. And Falcon might be the force that Captain America was. And together they function, functionally together they are a Captain America. You get what I'm saying? Um, But also it might be reversed. It could be a little bit reversed, like... They get the symbol opposite to what they are. Maybe that's a thing too. Because Steve wants them to nudge them 
into balance you know like yes bucky you are this relentless force and like if you wanted to take up the mantle and like get the objectives done that i would get done yes you could do that but there's a heart there's a piece of you missing use this book to find it and then to sam he's like you have a good fucking heart but you in order in order to get the things done that i would get done you need to embrace being a fucking force like a force to be dealt with like and so maybe steve giving them those objects is to like give them the thing that each of them needs to go forward and become whatever it is they're gonna be even if that's not necessarily captain america i think we might have found it gang that was a tangent but i think we fucking found it um Anyway, Zemo knows about Trouble Man, which is weird, but they have a weird moment where he's like, it's fucked up that you're commenting about black culture, but it's also you are accurate in it, in your commentary. Um, Also, uh, they are bound for, uh, oh, they bond over Marvin Gaye, but they're bound for uh, Madripoor. Um, Also, Zemo lays out his ideology basically it's dangerous for men to be symbols which like understandable do we want a world of red skulls which is sort of his like tagline which is like evocative and rhetorically a good point but if we're gonna have a fucking debate the clear counterpoint is not every symbol just like every man cannot be measured amongst each other everyone is unique so too is every symbol like there's like so yeah there's red skull but there is also captain america there's it's a yin and yang thing like you can't you can't erase all of it it's the interplay of the two forces you know so it's he's trying to oh if i could just get rid of super beings then we wouldn't have these super problems but i don't know it seems like super beings you could make the argument since captain america is a quote-unquote first avenger even though i think in eternals things are going to get weird but you could make the argument that like world war ii and the nazis were super evil occurring in the world without super beings so then within the marvel universe there is sort of a super beings are an answer to super evil not super evil is an answer to super beings which i think is more the case in dc right because like batman starts out he's taken on low level thugs but as he does so he sort of incites and inspires the joker Clark Kent crashes onto the planet Earth and grows up as a normal person, but then eventually decides to be Superman, and that's when Lex Luthor gets fucking unhinged and starts going crazy, you know? Like, so it seems like in DC, 
it is Vision's whole fucking monologue about a very power incites uh, fucking competition and this incites calamity which then ensues and fucking all the his his shit that he says a very existence like it, that whole fucking monologue that he has um, I think is actually more relevant if we're gonna do like an epistemology of of power scaling in the universe i think is actually more relevant to dc but we are getting so off track when we have so many notes um (laughs) so yeah they're going to madripoor it's a pirate island that stayed lawless somehow in like the south uh southeast asian sea which that sounds dope i'm glad that that's a fun that's a fun bit of world building they just threw at us um and apparently it's a big place in the comics has a lot to do with mutants that's cool um and then uh let's see here oh buck has to go in as the winter soldier and then uh and i like how zemo calls him james because he definitely can't call him buck or bucky and his name is James Buchanan Barnes. Like, it's just like, yeah, it makes sense that Zemo would call him James. <laughs> and I like hearing him be referred to as James. I don't know what it is, but I'm like, yeah, Nick, that's James, dog. <laughs> I don't know, but it's just the way I feel. Um, so uh, there's like an emotional flag smasher context uh, scene with no context. So apparently there was like a uh, uh, a I was gonna say quarantine, but like a pandemic subplot that they have had to cut around, and I feel like it had a lot to do with the flag smashers, and so like some of the flag smasher stuff feels choppy. Um, Madripoor, fun cover for Sam, uh, and then the call back, uh, at the bar, uh, with the weird drink, uh, with, like, just his cover and him not being good at being on their cover, it was, it was fun, um, and I love Madripoor, great music, great setting, great fun, Zemo dancing, everyone loved that, um, also, uh, they are close to the power broker who runs Madripoor or just this area of Madripoor. I don't know. And then uh, Buck just starts going ham because they kind of have to, I guess, prove. I don't know. They have to gain audience with uh, this Selby person. Um, and I think Buck going a little unhinged at the order of Zemo was part of gaining that I don't know um and so there they do like some cool old school music slow-mo which was fun and then Selby confirms that the serum is indeed in Madripoor um and then uh Sam gets a fucking phone call from Sarah in the middle of the bad guy meetup, covers fucking blown, and then Selby drops dead from a sniper shot, which is that was all a very good scene, very fun. Um and uh I thought uh oh, and then there's like a bounty immediately put out because Selby died, um, on like the heads of Zemo, Bucky, and Sam. And so it's like, 
Like, everybody immediately knows. I was like, God damn, Madripoor and the Power Broker don't fuck around. Just assassins after these motherfuckers. Um, And then they run into Sharon Carter. She's pissed, understandably, uh, about the whole Civil War thing. People, again, are upset with her character changing. But, like, I think it's just part of, like, understanding, like time has been moving in these movies like it feels like we went straight from civil war to infinity war to Endgame, and that all happened within like a week of each other but the reality of the matter is there's years in between those events and so these people are going to change but nonetheless sharon carter agrees to help so long as um like later on we get it like sam is gonna try and get her pardoned like the rest of them but anyway she's like hella jaded and uh set and bucky just says it like she's kind of awful now which was funny um and so uh yeah now they're uh in the Majapur Club, that looks dope as fuck. Sharon works uh, pretty quickly to find that lead on where the serum is. Like, like she kind of already had the infrastructure. Like, she maybe might. Look, some people think she's the power broker. I don't think she's the power broker. But her working with four power broker maybe kind of makes sense. Uh, they found Nagel, which is the guy who reinvented the serum. Sharon handles all the incoming threats like a fucking boss because they're in like this shipping yard in this secret shipping container with like a back room lab thing going on and Sharon is just fucking people up like all of these people are coming in to kill him and she is just fucking them up giving them time to do their little lab scene explainer thing but so the only thing like if she's working for the power broker or is the like it doesn't make sense why she was killing i don't know man uh her motivations are suspect but she was doing a really good job in those action scenes and i loved it um let's see here uh so nagel was hydra in the winter soldier program and some poor i'm glad that they sort of laid this out for us then cia they uh had isaiah bradley's blood samples so they had like a great starting point for him to work from to recreate things um and he describes his version of the serum as subtle and optimized um then he was dusted came back found the program to have been scrapped goes to madripoor power broker refunds the restart of his research so things all start to make sense and he made 20 fucking doses and carly stole them all and i think there's eight flag smashers or there was they're down to seven now and um she uh so they have 12 left um and so Apparently, Carly is the one who reached out to Nagel, which is fucking stupid, um, to help that old lady who we saw die with no context. Like, oh, the Flag Smasher's like this old lady, and this doctor could have maybe helped her, but he doesn't give a fuck. But then that explains how the power broker had her information to be like, you took what's mine, and I'm 
coming to fucking kill you. Because it was kind of weird that, like, the enemy has your phone number and is just texting you. But if she reached out to the enemy's main doctor like a dumbass, then that makes sense. Um, Sharon is still uh, fucking people up outside. Goddamn. Um, and uh, apparently there's quote-unquote no serum in this lab. There's some theories that maybe there was, maybe some people snuck some vials out or maybe like unfinished serums that maybe could then be iterated on by some lesser scientists and come with maybe some possible side effects. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Um, Zemo goes fucking rogue and pops an angle. Sam's pissed, obviously. Told him no moves without say-so, and he violated the terms of the agreement. Then there's a fucking RPG that hits where they're at, and then Zemo dips the fuck out in the chaos. And you think he's gonna be fucking gone, but hold on. Um, there's a lack of coordination between Bucky and Sam in this fight, and it's like semi-funny, but also kind of like, come on, guys. And then Zemo masks up and like gets the flank on these bitches and then got the explosive collateral with one bullet and then just went to fucking work close range one shot kills you know what i was noticing in the choreography of his fight in the comic books he's a sword fighter like he knows fencing ish and shit and it looked kind of like his close combat was like he was fighting in a way where it's like if he had a sword, he could just lunge and stab, and that would be the kill. But he has a gun, so it's easier. So he's trained himself to, instead of go for the lunge, stab, pull trigger, one shot, one kill. Like, I feel like they somehow translated his fencing sword style into how he was, like, fighting them up close. But then, like, as soon as he had an opening in the melee combat, he would get him with a one-shot, one-kill. I just found his fighting style to be impressive and fun to watch, and they definitely helped by, like, shooting it through the flames and getting, like, the heat distortion. Like, that helped a lot, but still, I really enjoyed it. Um, Buck fucking spears a person with just, like, a shipping container, like, handle thing, which, like, damn, guess he was out of ammo, but fuck, god damn. Um, Zemo finds a specific container, and uh, you're like, oh shit, he's got a car, and then he comes back for Buck and Sam. He's not a total dick. All right, Zemo, thank you. Um, now, Sam scolds him, but it definitely seems ineffective, and, like, Zemo knows they need him, and Buck just says it outright, and so it's like, alright, he's, who's in charge? It's, Zemo's running the show now, man, <laughs> like, it definitely feels like Sam and Bucky maybe got themselves in over their head by breaking Zemo out, you know what I'm saying? Like, did Buck not know about Madripoor? Could Bucky have not gone like, look, man, I know we don't have a lot of leads, but Hydra seems to be involved, the whole Isaiah Bradley thing. Maybe if we go to Madripoor, one of the main outlaw like cities on the plant, oh, but they wouldn't have been able to get in, and he probably wouldn't have thought to behave as the Winter Soldier or get Sam that weird cover 
the way that Zemo did. Zemo just knows the ins and outs. All right, I get it. Uh, Sharon's done. Uh, uh, she wants that pardon, though. And then she walks away and does that weird thing where she has, like, a driver. She has, like, a fucking assistant. And she's like, ah, oh, we got some problems. I'll tell you on the way. That's what led people to believe she might be the power broker. I don't think that, but something's going on. Um, and then there's, like, uh, the perfect callback. <laughs> I put LMAO in my notes. But the perfect callback to where Sam gets in the back and Bucky's in the front. Sam's like, you're not going to move your seat up, are you? Because in Civil War, Buck was like, can you move my seat up? And he was like, no. And that moment is what sparked this show. And so then they do a reversal callback thing. That was fun. Um, oh yeah, her retainer. Sharon has a fucking retainer, like just a person on tap ready to do shit. Um, anyway, flag smash, flag smashers, uh, the flag smashers, um, scene, it sounds like they're like, like they all washed up on Madripoor post blip or maybe pre blip for some of them, but they all just seem like lost souls in the world that kind of ended up together as part of an odd experiment um and then there's like this old lady mama Danya nun person who i guess is helping orphans and they all love her because maybe they were orphans i don't know man so much of their plot is out of context and doesn't make sense it's the one part of the show that i'm like i why are the flag smashers even involved I guess because you need this, like, outside threat that is, like, pushing Sam and Buck and then also Walker and Hoskins. So it's, like, this weird race and then, like, involves Zemo for wild card purposes. Like, it can't just be a a race between Mario and Luigi. You gotta have uh, uh, Luigi on the fucking course as well or some shit. I don't know, man. I started with a metaphor that I didn't think about. Uh, And so, uh, Carly, like, already knows that Nagel died in Madripoor. So, is maybe maybe Sharon is working with the Flag Smashers. Because who else had that intel? And Sharon reacted when Nagel died. She was like, oh, fuck, what did you do? Like, she was invested in Nagel being alive. And the Flag Smashers seemed to be invested in him being alive as well. So, like, they don't seem to care about the power broker, but they did reach out to the doctor. Sharon Carter doesn't appear to have connections to the power broker maybe she does but she was connected to the doctor Mm-hmm. see so maybe sharon is maybe sharon inspired the flag smashers maybe sharon is the og flag smasher like maybe she oversaw some of those experiments maybe the super soldier experiments they would have had to have needed a highly skilled operative in the room in case they went off the fucking off the chain right because remember the the winter soldier flashbacks they had a buck in the room with the other super soldiers just in case like so that might be part of operating procedure like somebody who could handle a fucking souped up person Maybe needs to be a part of the proceedings. I don't know. We're spitballing. We're off book. Um, 
and uh sam like floats the idea um that maybe they should have he should have just destroyed the shield but like obviously bucky disagrees and he says like he'll take it for himself and i'm like oh shit bucky sort of calls a shot like if you're not gonna do this shit then i will like so i think that was a pivotal moment kind of and uh zemo really wants to talk to carly which i think because he thinks he could probably manipulate her um and then carly does a fucking car bombing um and then uh sokovia was apparently erased off the map um there's just a memorial now like its land was parsed up in the other countries and i've heard that this could be a low-key uh, reference to Latveria, Doctor Doom's country, because they might have like absorbed a lot of that landmass. Um, also, fucking Wakanda beads show up, White Wolf, and Wakanda's here for fucking Zemo. Uh, it's the the lady who, uh, like, we were first introduced to her in I think Civil War, and she's basically I th- uh, a Koye's like right hand in the Dora Milaje in the Royal Guard of the Black Panther. So, um, you know, exciting stuff. Wakanda's involved in the fucking show. I'm hype. We are going to uh, we're gonna do episode fucking. We're gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna watch episode four, and then we are going to do. Uh, those thoughts and reactions as part of of this episode. And then the next episode will be King Kong, Godzilla, all that stuff, Snyder Cut. It's going to be great. Anyway, I'm going to press pause one more time for this episode. I hate it. I, I just want you to guys know, I much prefer if I could get the whole episode done in one go. I don't like pausing and restarting makes it feel choppy i know that i i imagine as the listener it makes it feel choppy but it sometimes it's just the way that it is you know and so apologies for that but i'm gonna go watch the next falcon and the winter soldier it's almost 420 perfect timing and then uh we'll come back get some thoughts reactions and on stuff like that and then i gotta get ready for the show tonight lounge at the end of the universe dark brew i believe we're the late show tonight it's gonna be uh the women are funny the wop show on the early show and then tomorrow night we reverse it and dark brew gets uh early and wop gets late uh so it's gonna be a fun weekend i'm excited uh thanks everybody and we will be right back to talk about falcon winter soldier episode four and we are back for the final installment of this episode i've watched episode four of falcon and the winter soldier let's get into it everybody I enjoyed the fuck out of this episode. I thought it was really good. Um, I think just because, I mean, it ended hardcore as shit. And there was a lot of great action. Things were sort of coming to a head. It was fun. It was was solid. I liked it. Um, I guess the, the, I didn't know this. I watched some YouTube breakdown reviews things too i actually just put one on pause it's like i should record my own 
thoughts before I take in too much, but something I didn't catch the title is called The World is Watching, which makes a lot of sense when you think about the end. Um, spoilers for the end. John Walker smashes that dude's head slash chest in the pavement with uh, the the shield of Captain America, thus desecrating the symbol. Um, it was uh, an intense episode. We start out with a flashback back to Wakanda six years ago. Very emotional moment for uh, Bucky and Ao, uh, the Wakanda Dora Milaje agent there and something i just heard is apparently she has like a very personal thing because she she's not just in the door melange she was part of the king's guard that went with him when he died so like that probably weighs on her a lot and i was like oh yeah i didn't think about it, it was personal for her. anyway so uh wakanda is like buck what the fuck well white wolf what the fuck and bucky is like ah we need his help and then wakanda is like didn't we fucking help you when you needed it and he's like yeah that i appreciate that he's a means to an end and they're like all right you have eight hours to get what you want out of him uh and then we're gonna take him <clears throat> zemo did this thing where <laughs> sam was bringing up him killing nagel and he was like ah no need to litigate what mayor may not have happened and sam's like you straight up shot the man uh it was fun uh <clears throat> they get the news of wakanda and the car bomb from buck uh and zemo says he's willing to like finish the mission and sam's seeing something uh in carly that's not there and he's clouded by it uh he might be right though you know, that was my first thought. Like, hey, he might be right. You never know. What he's insinuating is he's ready to kill these motherfuckers like you. Um, so Zemo uh, links uh, the superheroes to supremacy, which, uh, like the Nazis, uh, and it's a interesting philosophy breakdown. It makes him sound anti-supremacy of any kind, but is he? He is rich. Class supremacy? He raises interesting questions, though, and I love that. Anyway, uh, says Carly will escalate to, like, straight-up murder, and he's basically like, eventually it's going to be you or her, man, and Sam's like, he doesn't want to believe that, but I think Zemo's right. Um, and that will end up being her versus him in the end, and he's going to have to make a really tough decision. Um <clears throat> And he might think of a creative way out of that decision. Because uh, that's also a solution on the table. People aren't usually happy with that one. They want the character to make a choice. Because if they made the choice, that would define them more and lock them down more. But isn't it more realistic that they find wiggle room? People like wiggle room. Uh, Sam's uh, talking about... Uh, Danya or whatever and that didn't make sense to me because when did they find out about her and their connection to the flag smashers the old lady that died like there seems to be a whole plot there that was just like cut um Sam thinks uh the smashers funeral is like the place they can intercept them and I don't know if I like 
the TT bit where he's like, yeah, back when my TT died and Zemo's like, what's TT? And he's like, my aunt. Um, and I don't trust Zemo offering Turkish delights. It, that just felt very suspect. Um, Sam splits from Buck and Zemo for them to go like get intel and stuff. And they're asking around about Donya and like the Smasher Central area. Like it's like their compound or whatever. Like it's like they're these refugee camps, the GRC refugee camps. And they seem to always have like a strong presence in those. So they're asking around. And then this random like teacher refugee teacher NPC sort of explains their politics where they're like the GRC fucking sucks and isn't doing what they're saying they're going to do but we also can't trust you the Avengers or whatever uh the old heroes um which I think is low-key setting up for future Avengers like I think like young Avengers and rebooted Avengers seems like I think the the like B team avengers for various reasons like you know scarlet witch has her own stuff going on clearly um but like for various reasons people aren't going to necessarily trust them or be fully on board with them just because they represent an older era that maybe kind of fumbled the ball on that thanos situation um <laughs> the, yeah they got it back they got it back but couldn't have been better um i'm sure that'll be a lot of people will feel that way and so then that opens the door for new avengers team young avengers like new heroes for a new age but there's going to be this transition period where ah but we need there's problems and we need people to take care of it and you're the only ones on the bench still so I don't know. It's an interesting time in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Anyway, tangent. Um, Zemo brings... Um, oh, shit. What do my notes say? Uh, oh, he brought fucking candy for the kids. Uh, and he asks the kids where the funeral's gonna be at. And he's so fucking smart for this. And I'm like, God damn it. I hate him. And he's so sinister. But so goddamn smart. Um, and now he knows uh, the details, but Bucky and Sam don't, um, like the details about the funeral and stuff. Uh, Carly is the only one fighting for, uh, the refugees, which, uh, sort of gives her some moral leverage in the themes of the show and whatnot. Uh, I can't remember why that was put in my notes, but it was, uh, Zemo says, uh, the funerals this afternoon, but when pushed by Buck's Wakanda threat is honest about withholding for leverage in the final confrontation with Carly, that kind of pissed Buck off and he was sort of more explicitly threatens Zemo, which seems to legitimately shake him. And then Sam intervenes. Um, and then Sam has a call with Sharon, uh, and okay. Couple things, few things on this phone call with Sharon. Number one, how the fuck does Sharon have access to satellites? I get that she is now their woman in the chair from afar in Madripoor. I get what they're doing, like archetypally, arch archetypically. I get that, but how does she have access to satellites? Are these 
old shield satellites that she knows how to hack into are they stark satellites that she knows how to hack into are they random other satellites that she's hacking into how does she have access to satellites i don't know man anyway uh <laughs> zemo uh oh shit hold on where am i at in my notes uh oh shit yeah oh the sharon phone call satellites sorry guys i smoked weed while i was watching the show um she tells sharon tells sam to play this out and like that carly's key to the serum because they killed the golden goose and the power broker that's the third thing is pissed and madripoor is about to get like interesting or she says something to that effect I don't like the vagaries around all of that. Like, like that seems like important, like, like C plot stuff. Like A plot is Sam, Bucky, and Walker. B plot is the Smashers, and now it seems like the C plot is Sharon and Madripoor. And Power Broker seems to be linking C-plot and B-plot. And A-plot is concerned with and derives conflict from B-plot issues. It's an interesting like setup. But I feel like because the people in the A-plot, like the, the S.H.I.E.L.D. and like caps legacy and and all of this stuff so they to them their antagonist is the flag smashers but the flag smashers have this whole b plot where the antagonist is the power broker and then because we know sharon is somewhat involved in that situation she now represents this like c plot of like the inner workings of the power broker and madripoor and it's like it's like so then the people in a plot because they only are concerned with the surface of b plot have like no time bandwidth or concern for the inner workings of the C-plot. And I feel like that's going to wrap around to bite them in their ass at some point. Um, and I'm referring to these things as A-plot, B-plot, C-plot might not be literarily accurate. But I think you guys understand what I mean. Like there's these issues over here and these issues over here and these issues over here. And they all interconnect and interweave. But different characters seem to be more involved with and more concerned with different issues and that seems like that could all come to a head and that even that what i just said the different issues coming to a head exists sort of within each of these issues because within the like cap legacy sam buck walker Hoskins. Hoskins was important as fuck this episode. 
the legacy that you got Zemo is a big part of that plot for whatever reason because of the B plot with the Smashers. And so it mixes everything up and everything comes to a head here with this issue. But then there's fucking the other issue with the Flag Smashers doing what they're doing. And then there's the issue of the Power Broker. And then what the fuck is Sharon? What is Sharon? Who is Sharon? (laughs) I know who she is, but that's our segue back into the notes. Anyway, uh, the Smashers hid the serum in a grave. Great work. Uh, Question if uh, making more super soldiers is the right thing to do at least which i enjoyed and then one of the smashers has this great thing where it's like his granddad fought nazis and he looked up to him and cap and now to him carly is the new cap and it kind of makes a lot of fucking sense like when you hear it when he breaks it down when he's talking about it and like it i think this is the most effective flag smasher scene so far and it's not even because of carly or that actress it's because of that like extra tertiary character and actor so props to him i feel like whoever that actor is um i think that character's name was nico and unfortunately he's the dude that dies at the end john walker kills him um so he was killed by the thing he idolized as a kid that shield which kind of fucking sucks and is a real tragic irony um but uh Anyway, props to that actor. Like, what a, what a, like, the definition of there are no small parts with this guy, you know? Like, I feel like that he was given a small role, but he really, really, like, played his part well. And that small role is much more integral, um, I think, than people realize. Um, also, Carly thinks the shield should have been destroyed as well, um, which is interesting because we heard Sam say that in like an episode or two ago, and she wants to like bet on the serum, which is interesting that she kind of mentions that. Um, Walker catches up to Sam and Buck. Um, ah, fuck, here we go, is what's in my notes. It says Sam and Buck and then ah, fuck, which I think is funny. Um it's because Walker found him. And he questions them on Zemo. And then it's funny because I pause it. Because I thought I knew what Sam was going to say. And then he said something way different. I was like, oh yeah, he's going to totally say that like he's taking Zemo right back. And it's okay because they're in their custody. And like he was an Avenger. So like it's fine. But he just says, hey, take it easy. <laughs> I'm like, all right okay that's fine man that's all right okay we'll have that kind of show instead uh zemo responds uh that he knows where carly is to sort of explain like why it is he's part of the equation sort of answers for himself uh walker doesn't want sam to try to reason with carly which is their plan uh walker's like you're going into the super soldier alone uh, and Sam's like, well, I'm an ex, like, counselor of soldiers, so I'm sort of perfectly equipped for this, <laughs> and, um, 
They both have good points. She is dangerous, but he is probably the most equipped to deal with her and, like, the trauma she's going through and stuff. Hoskins flips, not, like, flips out, but flips sides and is like, yeah, we should give Reason a shot. Like, it's worth a try uh, if we can. And then Zemo meets up with one of the children he bribed with candy earlier in the show, and she shows them the way. Walker's the only one who's like, what the hell? Which I think is funny. Because it is weird to have this little girl be part of the op, but whatever. Uh, and then uh, Walker cuffs Zemo to like some machinery or whatever and gives Sam 10 minutes to talk to Carly. Carly's given a eulogy uh, for the Danya lady and she sees Sam, but she continues. There's a big speech. It's about humanity. One world, one people. Live accordingly. I fucking loved it. Um, and then Walker's being all impatient. And then uh, Carly and Sam talk and it's like clear that Sam gets it. He understands the ideology. Um, Sam uh, says, like, uh, it's not a better world, it's just different if murder is the means by which you change it, is essentially what he says. And Carly is like, oh, you're either hopelessly optimistic or brilliant. And he's like, both? Can I be both? And she's like, nah, and kind of laughs. And it's a fascinating scene. It's sort of that... Um, it's a very, very different thematically what they're talking about and stuff, but it had the same feeling of that scene in Kill Bill where Beatrix shows up and uh, kills all of the crazy 88, and then O'Ren is like, you didn't think, like, she doesn't kill all of them, but she kills the ones with him, and she's like, you didn't think it'd be that easy, did you? And she's like, you know, for a second, I kind of did. And then they do, silly rabbit tricks are for kids like so it's like this thing where it's like the antagonist and the protagonist both understand where each other are coming from like i know that you're doing what you feel like you need to do and you know it's heat al pacino and uh, like we've met face to face so don't think that just because of that that i'm gonna let you stop me like that fucking moment where it's like yes we have an understanding but we're still diametrically opposed i'm still gonna pull out all the tricks all the stops i'm not just gonna let you win like it's i like it when the characters like don't just live in that reality but kind of face it and have a moment with each other where it's like we we can't and they're not quite there yet. I'm putting a lot into that moment where she's like, nah. Um, but then later, where they meet up again, I think it becomes much more clear. Like, no, we're on opposite sides of this thing. John's being super impatient as they're discussing things. Uh, and he doesn't really trust that Sam can get it done. It was the vibe I'm getting. Like, Buck is like, he knows what he's doing. Um... And he want, but then John wants to go in early. Buck stops him. John has this whole thing where he's like, "It's easy for you with all that serum in your veins, isn't it, bud?" Um, and like tries to guilt Buck into action. He's like, "Do you want his 
blood on your hands. He's in there with a super soldier. And I'm like, oh, God, is it going to work? And then, uh, so Sam tells Carly Zemo's whole, like, supremacy theory that all superheroes lead to, like, supremacy uh, type behavior. And she finds that ridiculously because supremacy is in her idea what she's fighting i find it interesting all the ideology talk in the show i really enjoy that i'm honestly probably gonna re-watch it to dive into those parts specifically uh to like watch those parts again and really chew on that uh dialogue and scenery where the characters are espousing their beliefs and stuff i think that shit is fascinating um so, uh, let's see here. Where was I? Um, oh, Sam asks, are you going to increase the army uh, with the serum and keep killing? And she sort of responds pretty instantly, pretty radically, um, pretty dramatically with a yes. And she sort of, like, dehumanizes some people. She's like, whoever's in my way, it doesn't matter. And so they're just like robots pieces of a machine and system i'll fucking kill them if i have to like she doesn't say all that but like she alludes to all of that and then um sam's just like whoa and then she's like ah you tricked me into sounding like and he and it, he doesn't say it but it's like like a supremacist yeah exactly and uh she knows she is uh She's against the same people who are trying to take his home, so, like, why is he here? Which sounds like it could be, like, metaphorical. Like, maybe she just knows that, like, he was a part of the Dusted. So if he's coming back, he's probably having a hard time with housing and stuff, too. So he might technically also be a snap refugee. And so, like, maybe she just knows some stuff. But later in the episode, it sounds like she knows some specific shit about him like she's been doing reading up on him probably since that first chase where she saw him with the wings and was like oh falcon's on her ass too let me know thy enemy you know like i feel like she's got intel on him uh and so uh anyway sam sort of declares himself not her enemy but uh he can't agree with the means and thinks the old lady Danya would have felt the same way. Essentially, like, I agree with, like, your ideology and what you say you're fighting for. I just don't think you're fighting appropriately. I don't think you're directing your energy in the right ways. Which, fair. That's oftentimes what the real world boils down to. I'm not sure if y'all pay attention to politics global local economic social doesn't really matter if you pay attention to anything uh policy issues more often than not the case isn't what do we need to fix people are usually all pretty sure on the things that need fixing um it's more often than not a question of how do we fix these things? Um, especially with like massively wide reaching issues like poverty or pandemics, like, uh, this is an issue for everybody. How do we handle it? Um, that's usually, those are usually the issue. How do we handle it? 
It's not what do we handle, it's how do we handle it. So, I just find that interesting that the show is introducing these levels of uh, nuance, you know? Um, so, then Walker crashes the moment, uh, the touching moment, like a dick, and announces Carly under arrest, and obviously it's all going to go south, which it does. Um, Carly thinks that it was a trick by Sam, not true. Uh, goes all super soldier, uh, Buck follows, Zemo escapes, uh, Zemo catches up with Carly though, um, sort of cut her off. And uh, pops her once in the, it looked like, sternum area. Like like that cool place. I'm not sure if you've ever explored your body enough to know that this exists. There's a cool little, like a, just a few inches of space sort of in between where your chest is at and where your stomach begins. It's a fun, like, really that's, I think, your core. Like, it's your upper core. It's the very upper core, and then you have lower core and core core, but it's a, it would suck to get shot there, but she's, she's a super soldier, so she, I'm sure she'll be fine, uh, <laughs> and, uh, then, uh, so she, I think, had the serum on her, so when she gets hit, she, like, stumbles back and some of it like falls or it all falls out of her pockets or whatever. Maybe she was going for a stash she had hidden and then when he hit her like she like flung over. I'm not sure exactly how it happened, but all the serum ends up on the fucking floor and then Zemo pins her behind cover with pistol fire and then gets a vial of the serum and for a second you think he's going to think about taking it which maybe he does when you hear him talking to Sam later, like, would you take it if given the opportunity? Um, but he starts to smash them all. Uh, and then uh, Carly takes that, like, distraction on Zemo's part to run away wounded. Uh, and then Walker stops Zemo, uh, knocks him out, and finds one last vial of serum, pockets it. Did Hoskins see that shit? Because the way they panned the camera, it looks like Hoskins was standing on the side that Walker pocketed it on, and then Sam and Buck come in like, what happened? So maybe Hoskins saw that shit, which would really be meaningful later when they have the conversation about taking the serum if given the opportunity if he knew John had it in his pocket, he kind of told John to take it, which is weird. Um, but also, like, I get it. When we get to that scene, I'll explain kind of why I get it. Why Hoskins... Or... Yeah, why Hoskins said what he said. But Carly gets patched up. The power broker wants his serum back, sends, like, another threat text or whatever... Uh, the Smashers got uh, a two-front war to fight, as they put it. Like, they got the Power Broker and uh, the, like, establishment. They see Walker and Hoskins and Falcon and Buck as all part of the same thing. And, like, they kind of are and they kind of aren't. They represent, like, sort of two ideological factions of the establishment. Um, 
but so they're after him. Power brokers after him, and Carly's like, "We'll worry about power broker when we have to. I'll I'll take care of that. Don't worry." Um, but we should kill Cap. Um, we should split them up and kill Cap. Um, and I knew she was talking about Walker, but it upset me that she referred to him as Cap. Um, Sam messages uh, Sharon like eyes on walker which i guess cool so we know that she's doing that for later when that pays off um zemo asks if sam was offered uh the serum or if he would and he's like no and zemo's like damn no hesitation impressive um and i think that's why sam gets the shield right it's because it, they seem to be drawing an interesting line in the sand between the serum and the shield, and it seems like the shield, like, represents symbolically what Captain America is supposed to be, and the serum is secondary. The serum is artificial. You can be Cap without the serum. Seems to be one of the wider implications of the show, one of the things it's trying to teach us, I think preparing us for the eventuality that Sam carry the shield without having the serum because the serum is artificial and Sam's a real ass nigga and he don't need that shit. Um, <laughs> just spitballing. Um, so, oh man, where are we in the notes? Where are we in the notes? no hesitation uh then zemo seems to truly believe that super soldiers can't be allowed to exist he says something about like no gods amongst men uh and then sam uh has a pretty good retort where he's like isn't that how gods talk and also what about buck um blood is not always the solution which i think was a good good job sam uh, and then Buck uh, calls uh, Walker crazy and said Sam shouldn't have given him the shield. And Sam's like, I didn't give him the fucking shield. He wasn't his pick. That's true. And then Bucky's like, well, Steve didn't either. Again, good point, Buck. Uh, Walker crashes the party, wants Zemo, whatever. Uh, Sam, uh, oh, God is right in that he had Carly thanks to Zemo and then Walker overstepped. Uh, Walker puts the shield down like him and Sam are going to fight. He's like, oh, you want me to put the shield down, make an even fight? Come on. And then fucking Wakanda shows up. <laughs> Dormelage is here. Uh, and they are fucking imposing. And Sam puts their threat level above Bucks in a fight, which they kind of deliver on moments later. And, uh... Walker is not respecting it, and Ao just whoops his ass so easily. Um, and he goes for the shield, and there's a full fight between the Dora and Walker and Hoskins. Uh, and then Sam's like, "Should we do something?" And Buck is like, "Looking strong, John." <laughs> like he's just antagonizing him as he gets his ass fucking whooped, dude. And then uh, they're, like, about to go in for the kill on him, and then Buck steps in, uh, which is interesting because at this point, I guess Walker is, he is Captain America. He is that symbol right now. So if 
he was to be killed by the Dora Milaje expeditiously. Like, that wouldn't be a good look. So I think Bucky saves him for that reason and that reason alone. Um, so right before the kill shot, grabs with his vibranium arm the spear and is like, Ayo, let's talk. Ayo doesn't want to seem to talk. Um, and Zemo sort of analyzing the room, the board, um, sees that everybody's busy um, Hoskins goes down, Sam goes in for the save, so yeah, while everybody is sort of indisposed, a little bit busy, Zemo slinks away, just finds the perfect opportunity to just slide out of a fucking door, which, again, he's very smart, and props to him. Uh, the nor the one of the Dora Milaje agents like pins Walker um, with like just one real good spear shot threads the needle between like the shield and him into a table so for him to get up he has to like let go of the shield like undo the straps on the shield which is like good move solid fucking move on their part oh shit. I think I'm going to have to pick this up later. Hold on. Oh shit. We back, son. Uh, it's been... There's no reason for me to tell you guys this, but it has been like a week since I pressed pause abruptly on the recording. Uh, I can't remember what was going on. Um... Somebody, uh, people were coming over to the house, and I wasn't ready, and I just had to immediately pause and get ready and shit, and it was wild, and then I had a weekend of shows, which we might talk about in the next episode or something, I don't know, we'll see, man, but as of right now, we gotta get through the rest of these Falcon and Winter Soldier notes, because it is April 15th, which means later this evening, tomorrow, there's going to be another episode. So I'm going to have to fucking do this shit all over again. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm thinking about watching the fifth episode just without taking any notes and just giving you guys some, like, impromptu reactions as soon as it's over and we can start the next episode that way so it doesn't eat too much time in the next episode whatever it's uh where uh where were we in the episode oh it was actually a great pausing point because they were having that fight like the door melange uh melange door melange uh were fighting uh them boys um because <laughs> that's you, how you could easily delineate sides um uh and then uh in the middle of the fight after bucky gets involved because there was that great bit where <laughs> uh <laughs> where walker's getting his ass kicked and sam's like we should do something <laughs> buck's just like looking strong john <laughs> <laughs> and just lets him continue to get his ass whooped. It's the best thing ever. It's my favorite thing. <laughs> Looking strong, John. <laughs> it was good. But then he gets involved, and then uh, Io, Ao, um, 
fucking Wakanda pressure points this man's arm off, <laughs> which is some bullshit that they built that in, but also I get it, but like, you can't do that to this man, <laughs> he's been through so much, <laughs> he's gotta be able to trust his arm, <laughs> you made it so he can't trust his arm, it's some fucked up shit, dog. Um, anyway, uh, oh, and then at the, oh, and then A.O. says, uh, Bost, damn you, James, and, uh, Bost is their panther god, and, um, she called him James, and not White Wolf, and that seemed very significant, um, and so, uh, one of the Dora Milaje takes the shield, like, they do the, like, the flip pick up like the kick flip thing with the shield that fucking cap does like she does it easily it makes walker look like a bitch because he obviously doesn't know how to do that um so oh at some point zemo disappeared during the fight because i think we were uh, we talked about that already where he's like he kind of just sat back and analyzed things and then when he got his opportunity to slink away slinked away um i think that's an underrated villain ability um and so i'm glad that they they did that like that's uh like that's why he's a threat like, we're not gonna kill him, because we're the heroes, but he's fucking crafty. <laughs> like, so, it, he's always a threat. Um, I like that. Um, and so, Buck reattaches his arm, but he didn't know that they could take it off, but he knows how to put it back on, or that it can be put back on that easily. Maybe just from the one time he put it on in Infinity War. Or does he take it off sometimes to clean his stump, you think? I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, so, oh, Hoskins uh, is, like, checking on Walker. And he seems just so shook. He's like, they weren't even super soldiers. Uh, which is true, Um in a fair fight of, like, highly trained operative with vibranium weapons versus highly trained operative with vibranium weapons, guess who came out on top? The fucking Dora Milaje. You ain't shit, Walker. <laughs> like, you might be the best American special forces there is. And you might have that vibranium shield, but you ain't shit compared to the Dora Milaje. And, like, that fucked him up. Um, I mean, it shouldn't, though, because they're from Wakanda, which is, like, a highly advanced, like, secret culture in the heart of Africa. Like, you can't fucks with that, man. He was always out your league. Uh, Zemo pulled the El Chapo in the sewers. Uh, Walkers is, like, signing photos as Hoskins is, like, consoling him and stuff. And they're talking about the serum and they're both like yeah we should take that shit um john's worried how it might like change him which is they do a lot of work in this show to make you understand that walker isn't like a full-on piece of shit um like or at the very least he gets 
Like, he understands the risks here, but he's he's definitely a fucking dumbass. Um, Hoskins is, too, because he's like, man, it just makes you more yourself, and you're the shit. Like, his... He thinks very highly of John, clearly, but, like, should he? I, I think that faith is misplaced. Um, so, you know, it's just... Uh, it's really, it's more tragic than anything, considering what happens next. <laughs> um, so, apparently they both saw some awful shit in Afghanistan, and, like, Walker seems to be leaning heavily towards taking that serum, because he's thinking, like, ah, if I just had the super abilities, I could be so much better and help so many more people and, and uh, stop all these tragedies, ba 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 And it's like, I think you're, he needed a rationale. He needed, and so that's the thing, is if you need to rationalize it, it's because at the base of everything, there's an inconsistency and you're trying to deal with that but ultimately if that's there that's there like that's why sam's the man for the job there's no like he's just a good person steve gets that um and there's no incongruities there's nothing that he has to face to if the only thing he has to face is his own imposter syndrome his own disbelief in him being as good a person as Steve. And Steve's like, nah, man, I'm just a good person. I'm not any more of a good person than any other good person, and you're a good person too. John Walker, not a good person. He's trying his... Uh, John Walker is what happens when you get, like, a broken person. Uh, we don't know enough about his backstory, but there's something going on with... Him being a football star and the high school sweetheart and being a military prodigy. There's something going on in the background there. There was something pushing him. Like, you don't get that without... Like, it doesn't even have to be that negative. But there was something pushing him. And so I think that's what... John Walker is what you get when you have, like, just a normal broken human being who is trying to be good but is not like fundamentally at their core they're not good like steve and sam are good like there's varying degrees of goodness and if you're good because you try really hard and work really hard to be good but it's because you know truly you are not then that's different than you just being good and just sort of humbly going through life. Like, I don't know, man. I guess I'm just a good guy. Just other people seem to operate differently than me. I got my morals and my values, and I just I don't know how other people are, are, aren't subject to those. Um, so they seem to be just allowing society to make decisions for them. And that's who John Walker is. He's the guy who let society sort of mold him into their perfect little white boy scout. And it's like, if you, it, it's, you either got it or you don't. You either got it or you don't. Um, so, anyway, uh, him taking the serum is like a whole... They talk about it for a minute. And, and then they cut uh, over to Carly. She calls Sarah, Sam's sister, 
they bond for a second, which is weird. And then she, uh, Sarah tells her that Sam, like, absolutely does not fucking work for Walker, which true. Um, Carly wants to meet with Sam alone, and I that's they already mentioned that they wanted to split them up to kill Cap and or John Walker. They called John Walker Cap and I don't like they well they called him Captain America and I don't I don't like that. But anyway, um Carly goes uh through Sarah uh as a threat or like insurance or something and is like very specific. Like she clearly has intel on Sarah. Um which I was trying to figure out how she got got that, and I guess it's implied the Flag Smashers have, like, a massive online dark web network or something, like an international, I don't know. Um, and then uh, Sam interact, uh, oh, oh, instructs uh, his family to go off the grid. Carly texts Sam to come alone. and Bucky's like, nah, obviously I'm coming with you. Um but hopefully, like, Cap not being there, fucking Walker not being there is enough, right? Like, that's what she really doesn't want. Um, and I think, like, did she know Bucky would come with Sam? Because their goal is to split them away from Walker. Like, so, maybe she knew if she said, if she said, come alone, he would come mostly alone you know like was she chess game in that shit anyway she says she doesn't want to hurt sam sees him as like just a tool of the oppressors um not hiding behind a shield uh and says that like killing him would be meaningless uh and at that point, I'm like, is Sam going to put it together? That, like, they were, they're being distracted because she's going for the the big kill, the meaningful kill, i.e. Walker, i.e. Captain America, I guess. Uh, she wants to kill the symbol. She doesn't give a fuck about John Walker or anything he means or stands for. She wants to kill the symbol of Captain America. Um, and she's, like, sort of tells him, like, join up with me because i know you understand what i'm doing carly tells sam that or just let me go <laughs> like just get out of my way essentially which is funny because walker did the same thing earlier in the season right walker was like hey let's tag team this and when after they said like no emphatically a couple of times he just goes all right then stay the hell out of my way. Which I think is interesting parallels between Walker, who is supposed to be a hero. I think he might be closer to an anti-villain than anything. And Carly is more of like an anti-hero. Uh, and it seems like uh, the power broker might be the villain. Zemo's in anti-hero uh, territory right now. And Sam and Buck are trying to learn how to occupy the territory of Hero, um, come into their own, because Buck was in anti-hero space, and Sam has always been sort of sidekicked, which sucks for him. But anyway, um, interesting parallel there, where... 
both Walker and Carly were like, join me or get the fuck out of my way. Um, and so they get the call from Sharon cause she's their lady in the chair now, I guess. And she's like, Walker's on the move. And there's like a fight slash chase, um, with Sam in the air and Buck on foot. Uh, Walker's breaching into a building, uh, for some reason. I guess they're going after Flag Smashers where they think they are. Um, and at first I didn't catch, like, when he burst through that glass door or whatever, um, that, like, that's him getting used to his super strength or whatever. Like, I didn't catch that, but then I caught the next few signs, so I was like, when the fuck did he take that shit? And it had to have been after the conversation with, uh, Lamar. Uh, anyway, they're breaching the building. He loses contact with Lamar, who's, like, been knocked out by Flag Smashers. Um, and Walker's, like, investigating around, fighting, uh, the super soldiers and stuff. He, like, throws the, the shield, and it sticks in the wall, and that was the one that I caught. I was like, oh, shit. Did he... And, like, it it develops over the course of the fight. You start to understand, like, without a doubt, yeah, he took that shit. He took that serum, dog. Um, so, let's see, where are we at? Uh, oh, we're uh, back to, like, the chase scene for a second. Uh, and uh, Sam gets to the fight, like, just in time to see... Uh, like, a flag smasher, like, fly into a wall and dent a wall, um, and you're like, did, did Walker just, did, and you're like, did he, like, at this point in my notes, I'm like, did Walker juice? Yep, he juiced, because he does that thing where he bends that giant pipe, and you're like, yeah, he's got super soldier powers, uh, and Sam's like, what did you do? Uh, and, uh, he, uh, he's like, ah, oh, they got Lamar, and I was like, okay, so, did he take it as soon as he lost contact and got spooked, or pre-mission, is in my notes, it was pre-mission, because uh, I didn't catch that door thing, um, and Lamar is saving him, his damn self, thank you, Lamar, uh, getting that knife out and going to work, um, there's a Flag Smasher versus Bucky fight. All the fights are sort of colliding as New Cap and Falcon versus Smashers with their knives. Uh, and then Bucky versus Smasher with knives. Bucky's so sweet with knives, dog. I love that they gave him the opportunity to show that off again. Uh, Sam and Buck, good job. Effective, non-lethal fighting styles very good and then walker uh is in trouble and about to get stabbed by carly and then hoskins with the save it was fucking epic but then they don't give you a lot of time like because like oh shit abruptly she murders the fuck out of hoskins with super strength like because he just jumped he basically did the Captain America thing where he jumped on a grenade. Like, it was a human grenade. It was a super soldier. But, like, he knew what, like, all right, if I hit her midair, I can derail her trajectory. But, like, as soon as we land, like, I, you're going to be fucked, dog. And that's exactly what happened. Um, so, 
murdered the fuck out of Hoskins. Walker's gonna lose it, clearly, and then the Carly and the Smashers run, Buck and Sam are, uh, sort of, like, uh, they pursue, and then so does Walker, uh, and just really great sound design on the chase and the murder, where, like, things are kind of cutting out, you're sort of getting that perspective from Walker, where he's, like, he's shocked, he's fucking not fully there, uh, and then uh, Sam and Buck are too late, and the world watches as Cap murders an innocent man in the street. He even says, like, I didn't do it. wasn't me, dog. And he's like, I don't give a shit. My homie's dead, and you're, you're homies with the people who did it, so fuck you. Um, and that was the episode, man. Uh, so, yeah, this we got a mega-sized episode ourselves. This is uh, going on two and a half hours. We covered, I think, three episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, and we're going to briefly cover episode five um, when it comes out here shortly. And then, like I said, uh, we still got to do the Snyderverse, or the Snyder Cut, and uh, I want to still do Kong vs. Godzilla, but to be honest with you, I still haven't even seen that shit. Part of me wants to go back and watch all of the other ones leading up to this one, I don't have fucking time for that. Just watch the big blockbuster one, and if you really like that one, you go back and watch the ones leading up to this one. Uh... Because I hear, like, the earlier ones are a little bit clunkier, and they've been smoothing out sort of on their way to this, which is good. That's the way to do a cinematic universe, everybody, just so you know. Um, so, yeah, that was this episode. And uh, tomorrow, maybe, probably this weekend, I will be working on another episode for you fine folks. Hopefully we can get back on some sort of schedule uh i quit one of my day jobs uh yesterday uh gave them my two weeks uh and so hopefully uh all my time will be a little bit more consolidated a little bit easier to manage i won't be running all over the place as much between two jobs comedy and whatnot so hopefully we will be having more time for this also something uh getting started up on D&D. The weather is nice here in Boise, and uh, we can start uh, playing outside. Most people are sort of halfway through their vaccinations, like they got one shot, they're waiting on the second shot. Um, I got the one and done, and so like people are getting vaccinated and stuff. It's nice outside. No reason we can't get together and play D&D. So um, it sounds like we might have some Dungeons and Dragons stuff to talk about on the podcast in the future as well. So, you know, uh, just some some things to look forward to ahead coming up down the road. And uh, thanks, everybody. This has been That Fucking Podcast with your host, that fucking guy, LJ Sullivan. Catch you on the flippity-flop, baby.